Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to Cultural Catalyst. I'm your host, Chris Valentin, and this is the place where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And today I have a very exciting and interesting guest, and her name is Jackie Dorman. Hi. Hey, it's great to be here. It's great to have you here. And you wrote a book, um, so I'm going to give this away. I'm, you're going to tell us about your life first, but you wrote a book called Married in 12 Months or Less. That's right. I did. So you, we're going to have a lot. I, <laughs> this is the first audience I've ever had here, and the room is full of women, which you can't see in the camera, but they're all like, oh, I'd like to go watch your interview. I'm like, wow, you know, I've been doing this for a year, and you haven't wanted to come, but... All these single women are here. That's God's kindness for me. That's my little cheering section. Exactly. So excited. <laughs> and they're excited to like, how do I find a man? You know, because Jesus said, be fishers of men. Right. And so it's very important okay. that, that these women are fishing for men. Well, before we get into that book and what you do, tell us a little bit about your life. So I was born in the mid-70s, so smack dab in the middle of the women's empowerment movement, 1975, to a essentially a single mom. My mom was in a on again, off again marriage. She was 21 years old. And, um, I often like to say that my childhood was like a national geographic documentary. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever seen those where the mother is giving birth and there's predators lurking around, just waiting to devour the baby. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I came out of my mother's womb, literally running for my life. And so the only thing that I ever knew was broken people, broken hearts, broken relationships. And by 14, I was in a girl's home, foster care situations. Oh and by gosh. 17, emancipated. And by 20, married. Does that sound like a good idea? Did, did it work? No, it didn't. And so um, with all that bad information that I had, I raced down the altar towards this kid who had no clue either. And there were a lot of red flags, but I liked red flags. Yeah, you liked the color red. I loved, I know I loved red flags. I mean, I thought that's what love looked like. Love was supposed to hurt. Love stinks, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to. And so um, I was excited because I had this hole and I was aware of it. Like I didn't know Jesus yet, but I was aware that I had an identity hole. And I thought that it was a man-shaped hole. Ooh, he's going to fix it for you. Yeah, because everyone that I'd ever seen in my life, that's what they did. They just went, my mom was married three times before I was 10. And so just lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat. And so everyone in my family had been divorced more than once. My dad was married five times, my biological father who left when I was six months old. So I'd seen lots and lots and lots of bad marriage, right? And then you got one. I did. I got one. I got one. I won the lottery. I got a bad marriage. And so I married, I married. And then two years into that marriage, I was already going through divorce and someone suggested that I pray. Now I had some touch points. Like I, I say that I believed in God the way that poor kids believe in Santa. <laughs> you really hope it's true. You want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want he it to be true. He knows when I'm sleepy. He knows when I'm <laughs> yeah. awake. Yeah. And I mean, but on Christmas morning, it's not really proving true in your life. So no. I didn't, I thought that there was a God, but I didn't think that he was emotionally involved with me. Got it. And so I'm driving my car, 22 years old, uh, estranged, about to be divorced. And I'm like, hey, are you real? Are you there? You know, what do you think of me? What do you want from me? And I had a supernatural encounter with God. For all intensive purposes, I passed out driving my car. The squad came. I didn't hurt myself. I didn't hurt anyone else. But it started, it flipped the switch on what became. But you really did pass out. I did. Okay. Right after those words. Not metaphorically. Not metaphorically. 
No, my, no. I went into tunnel vision. My nervous system shut down, and I didn't wreck, but um, I, I pulled over the side of the road. I passed out. The squad came. They took me to the emergency room, and there wasn't anything wrong with me. But I was spiritually awake. And I, I got more and more awake. And I went back into that marriage because the people that discipled me said, hey, this is what God would want you to do. And I said, okay, I want to do anything that God wants Reconcile me to do. Reconcile your marriage. Yeah, so let's do it. And, it, you know, that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but as I, got, as I went further and further with God, the marriage didn't get better. It got worse and worse. And I think that we do people a disservice when we say, hey, you know, Jesus, everything's better now. Because in this case, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't better. And um, what happened in that situation is that God showed me that, you know, he loves his sons and daughters more than necessarily rules and regulations that he has. And while he hates divorce, he really hates what's behind divorce, which is neglect, abandonment, abuse, and different things like that. And so I would have probably sat myself in the corner and in timeout for years after that because I felt like a failure. I'm just starting to know Jesus. Now I'm divorced. Now, that marriage lasted for 12 years. and Oh, it lasted for 12 years. It did. Did you so, have any children out of that marriage? I did. Yes, I have a 22-year-old daughter. She's exactly the same age that I was when I met Jesus. Ooh. And she is amazing. She's amazing. She's a Christ lover. She's incredible. Um, yes, I did. So, so seven years into the reconciliation of that marriage, I had a daughter. But the marriage never got better. And then I had what I call rescue mission. So, you know, the saying goes, you can't heal in the same environment that you got sick. Yeah. And so... God rescued me. He brought me out of that. He took it out of my hands. It became out of my hands. It ended. And like I said, I would have went and sat in the corner. A lot of people do. They sit themselves in the waiting room because of disappointment and, you know, all different types of discouragement and failure. You know, failure doesn't rob us of potential, but it definitely robs us of confidence. And I didn't have confidence that I could ever pick. My picker was broken. I was not getting involved in that ever again. Until before the ink was even dry, I walked out in my front yard and I met the man that is now my husband. And he had just moved in. He was my next door neighbor. There's a hilarious story that goes along with that that shows you just where I was with what I call the heart work. I wasn't very far along. Huh. So, yeah, and I want to say that divorce is the leprosy of Jesus' day. Divorce is the leprosy of today. Amen. You, if For sure. you're divorced and you come into the church, you can... You can't be a pastor. You can't be a leader. It's true. It's, you know, you you can live with five women hmm. or live with five men if you're a woman and then get saved or then get married, mm-hmm. right? And then you can, be, you can be a pastor and we share it as your testimony. But if you married any of those people and got divorced and remarried, then you're disqualified from life. And it's true. And, and the reason why I stayed for so long in that situation was because I didn't want to be disqualified. I really was a true apprentice yeah. of Jesus and I wanted everything that he had for me. Yeah. And so I was willing to stay. And he said, you know, if I leave you here, you're going to die. So I'm going to pull you up and pull you out. So it essentially was a rescue mission for me, but I wouldn't have felt ready to go into another scenario of marriage. Totally. But then I walked out in my front yard. Here he is. You can read about the story. How, it's- how far after your divorce was that? I mean, the ink wasn't even dry. It was like immediately during that process that that happened. I know. And uh, we have a beautiful blended family. We've been married for 16 years. But, you know, that makes it sound so easy. Jackie, you walked out in your front yard and you met your husband and everything's amazing. No, there's a lot of heart work that happened in that. But I believe in hurt and relationship, healed in relationship, hurt and family, healed in family. A lot of times God will use the same thing that the enemy tried to destroy us with to heal us. And in my case, that's true. So, um... That's beautiful. 
But, you know, there is a reason why blended rhymes with offended. <laughs> and yes. if you have hard work to do, blended family will bring it out real fast. And so there were a lot of things that needed to happen, but it matured us. And I believe that marriage and family is God's maturity plan for mankind. And if we'll submit to that maturity plan, we can become the best versions of ourselves. But a lot of people cut and run at the first sign of anything that they don't like. Right. And exactly. especially when they're single, they cut and run at the first sign of anything. And the truth is, is that everyone has yellow flags. Yeah. Everybody is in process uh, with something. And so we got married. We've been married for 16 he years. He had kids. He did. He had a nine and 11 year old and I had a six year old. You had a six year old. Yes. Okay. And, and like I said, there's a really funny story that we can't go into, but you have to read it in the book because it, it's very, very funny. And it will show you that. Um, you don't have to be perfect for God to give you a love story. Cause I obviously was operating on a lot of mindsets that were really messed up and God was still like, I believe in you. I'm going to give you something to grow into little wow. girl. And so he did. That's beautiful. Okay. We're going to go forward a little bit now. We're going <laughs> to yeah. fast forward. I'm allowed three cries. Yeah. Okay. Only three. You're, you're down one already. I know. <laughs> okay, so I just want to say you got two to go. Yes. You got to keep those in the next. We got twenty All minutes right, for two it. more cries. I can't so you, say my name I'll, in twenty minutes. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when the next ten minutes is up, and you can cry again. Okay. If that works. I like for you. it. Let's do it. Now you wrote a book. <laughs> I did. About married in twelve months or less. Mm -hmm. Okay. How long ago did you write that book? Uh, that book came out. Uh, I began to write it in, in pandemic in 2020, and it came out uh, in 2021, in 2022, okay. January 2022. So let's talk about that book. Why, first of all, why did you write it? Okay. I mean, it might be a little obvious why you wrote it for someone else, but what, what motivated you to write that book? So I started teaching something uh, a couple decades ago called the heart work, and it's what I learned through my experience. You know, church discipleship didn't work for me, the format of it. So God took me aside and said, Hey, I'm going to show you why you're the way you are. And you know, you're going to be able to, to not just continue in this trajectory. You're going to be able to actually allow the information that's here, get to here. Got it. So I'm going to help you do your hard work. And so as you might expect, nobody wants to do their hard work. Nobody. Cause it's if, hard. Right. And so I have a book called the heart work. And if oh, I you wrote a book before this one, I did. It's called the heart work. And you don't know about it because no one wanted to do it. Nobody. <laughs> didn't, didn't sell very well. People <laughs> read that and they're like, oh, that's, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to read that book. Right. That sounds like a lot of work. It, exactly. I mean, if I would have, if I would have titled it the hard work, I think people would have bought it because people want to do the hard work. Like have want to do the hard work. <laughs> I do hard things. Yes. You know, all I the type A people would have been like, yes, the hard work. <laughs> exactly. And um, so no one wanted to do it. And I was beating my head up against the wall because I knew that it transformed people. And I probably had just a couple hundred students in decades of teaching this. And so, and I was a media consultant at the time and I just knew that this is bad business. I'm not going to do this anymore to myself. And so my mom passed away at the beginning of 2020 before pandemic. Wow. So, I was reconnected so to her through the beautiful heart work. Oh, your I, mom. She was so dysfunctional in your childhood. Yeah. And but she, you reconnected. Yeah. She had an amazing super bloom at the end of her life. Ooh, that's a good way to end. Better than Solomon. Yeah. It was really, it was really amazing. So I was with her for the last couple of years of her life. And um, it was during that time that I published that book. She got to see that book published. She actually got to do her heart work with me. Wow. Like I taught her her heart work. She's my best student. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's so. <laughs> two cries and you're, you're only, you're only 12 minutes in. So I know you, can, you get to save the last one. up. God is so kind save though. This, so save kind. the last one up. So, um, so on the on the heels of that, I go home to Austin. I'm that sitting is, in my office. Way, 
that's a beautiful story. Yeah, I, wa- I just want to pause and say that's a beautiful story. It is. There isn't very many people that start the way you started, mm-hmm. and and a lo- and before your mother went to heaven, that you got to bring closure to your relationship. Yeah, that has to feel really good. It does. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, it's I, okay. I just, no. Now you got me crying. Okay, I only <laughs> get your, one, so we won't be doing that again. So, okay, back to the book. Yeah. So, um, I, I went home. I went home from the funeral, literally, into my office, and pandemic was going to start in three weeks, and nobody knew it. Yeah, it, it was coming. Yeah. And I sat down and I looked around, and my whole office had heartwork stuff everywhere. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And God said, I want you to make a list of the top 10 things that happen to people when they do their heart work with you. Because one thing that you need to know about me is I, as, as unlucky as I had been in love in my, in my childhood before I met Jesus, uh, I had helped 15 of my friends get married. Wow. And only one of them is divorced. So it's a pretty good track record. That's one of those couples. Good. So I'm the girl that you send with the note. Hey, do you like me? Check yes or no. Ever since <laughs> I was a kid, like I was your hype girl for relationship. You know, I've always been the matchmaker. And I think that's maybe true of you as well, right? I, I, well, I'll have to tell you that married in 12 months intrigued me. They said, hey, why don't we have this gal on? Married in 12 months. I know we met. And I'm like, she, what's that? And they're like, that's the book she wrote. And I'm like, well, that would be intriguing because – I, man, I'm a matchmaker. Like, <laughs> you know, Cupid is my guardian angel. Yes. But, I've I, heard. I, but, but I need some Take skills. Take the hand of the person I, next absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Everyone, let's do it. I've gotten a lot of people married that way. But I, I want to know what your, you know, schemes are. So um, I made the list. I made the list as God told me to. And the top, in the top three was people get married when they do the heart work. He's like, ding, ding, ding. He's like, sell them what they want, baby. Give them what they need. And so I wrote, I started teaching something called Sell Marriott. them what they want, give them what they need. <laughs> right. I had to run that back through the computer. Yeah. That's a great yeah. model right it there. It is. So they want to be married. And there are two types of marriages that happen fast, toxic, unhealthy ones and undeniably <laughs> supernatural ones. And so we got into the market of the undeniably supernatural <laughs> marriage. And from the very beginning, I launched it right as pandemic started. We started to see incredible things like my marriage was out, my, my, my shadow was out there getting people married. I mean, that is what was happening. And I was like, what in the world? And so within the first 10, 11 months of launching that, we had our first marriages starting. And now to date, 29 months later from the time that we officially launched in October of 2020, we've seen over 400 plus engagements in marriages and they keep rolling in. Like we have a marriage funnel now because it's just they're in the funnel. They're in courtship. No. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. And so it's happening. You don't have like a dating site or anything, right? We don't. You have, just have the book, right? We don't. We don't. We have. We have communities because I believe in community-based matchmaking. So we have 19 single city groups. We have a single nation group, a single nation millennial group, because we can talk about you know the hardest hit people group with divorce and with the things that are happening. Um, but God said, I want my sons and daughter daughters married. I want to know if you want to participate. And I've always been the shotgun girl. God's doing something. I call shotgun. I want to go. And so I said, okay. And he told me to call it Married in 12 Months or Less. I'm like, we're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> this branding is going to get us in so much trouble. Some and it people has. are going to be like, I read it, and it's been 13 months, and I'm still not <laughs> exactly, married. Yeah. Exactly. But, but the thing is, the reason why it's called that is because when you do your heart work, it doesn't have to take a long time. Yeah, I like it. Because after my divorce, I would have sat in time out for a long time, thinking I'm disqualified, thinking that, you know, um, you know how— 
failure, failure robs you of confidence. It doesn't rob you of potential. It robs you of giving yourself permission. And so I wouldn't have given myself permission if God wouldn't have brought that love story. The problem is, is a lot of people, they don't go sit in time out. They go sit in a waiting room and they're like, well, if God wants it for me, he's going to bring it to me. If it's God's will for me, then he's going to bring it like Amazon prime to my front door. (laughs) Right. And like, imagine if we apply that to other areas of our life. Well, if God wants me to have a sandwich, then he's going to bring me a sandwich. You know, it just doesn't make any sense for us to, in this area especially, not realize that God has his part and we have ours. And we all hear of the supernatural story of we saw each other across the room and God spoke to us, the heavens open, that's your wife, that's your husband. And those do happen, but they're very few and far between. Yeah, and some of those don't work. Well, and I was going to say, and a lot of times that wasn't God. That's and then you become the creepy person at your church oof. that goes on a first date and thinks that you're, you know, you're their spouse. I could tell you too many of those stories, unfortunately. I really want to hear all those stories. Yeah, you don't want to hear. We them. can put them in a book together. No, we can't. No, we <laughs> They'd can't. be good. It's the cautionary tale. Yes. Yeah. Why, why supernatural marriages don't work? Oh, yeah. Well, supernatural marriages right. actually do work. Right. But the. Right. The the counterfeit supernatural marriages don't work. It's true. They don't. Back to your book. Back to it. Let's talk about what your book is actually about. So take me through a couple of chapters. So what are you writing about? Like, I haven't read the book. Okay. So I'm like, I am genuinely, not just for this interview, curious, like, what's in that freaking book? <laughs> First of all, it starts with a, it starts with a acknowledgement that you're having a divine appointment. Okay. And that God has his eyes on you, that you're highlighted. Uh, I'm heard by 8 million listeners on the radio every week um, on 350 plus radio stations. And a lot of those people come into my programs that I have for single women and single men now. Um, because the men are like, hey, we went on in, in on this too. And they always say, I was crying in my car and then I heard you on the radio. I mean, who listens to the radio? You know, when I first got that marketing opportunity, I was just like, I know. And they're like, it's like the mystical, magical, matchmaking Nanny McPhee dropping into your radio and saying, do you want to be married in 12 months or less? And it's just really what happened. And then people started. You should do that with like a really romantic voice. (laughs) People started coming. Delilah. Um, yeah, Delilah, exactly. I used to listen to her in the Bay Area. Yeah, I used to listen to her. Yeah. We're definitely showing our ages We're, now. Well, we are. Sure. I'm, um, I'm way older than you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so they started They started coming because they believed that God was emotionally involved in their pain. Yeah. They had been crying about their singleness, and then they heard, you know, they heard me on the radio or, or their friend told them about me or whatever. And they got their hands on the book, and at the very beginning of the book, it's like, hey, you're not here by accident. And then it goes into a permission slip because so much of what we want in life is on the other side of permission. What do you mean by permission? We don't realize that we are, you know, toxically independent in so many areas of our lives. And a lot of times it's our mindsets that keep us that way. Like we're in a prison of our own mindsets. You're talking about giving yourself permission? No, giving God permission. Giving God permission. Surrendering the pen to God to Got write it. the love story. Got it. Because a lot of us are got authoring, they're, we're authoring the future love story, yes. and it doesn't look like the one that God has for us. Got it. Right? It's yes. based on a lot of bad information, maybe from origin family, maybe from past relationships. Hurts. What I have found, especially with women that are my clients, that the longer they sit in the waiting room, the longer their list gets. Oof. And it's Their list of why God can't do this? Their list of what the man has to be like. Oof. <laughs> he's gotta be this tall. I have so he's many funny like stories this. about yeah, yeah you gotta have I mean, this all his teeth have to be perfectly straight yeah, and, straight teeth yeah straight over teeth. six foot yes you know. exactly but even even more um 
even more differentiated things that are based on keeping themselves out of past trauma. Mm. So he can't do this. I mean, I've even had a client be like, his name can't be Brad. Sorry, everyone out there named Brad. Yeah. Like anyone but Brad. Sorry, Brad. No Brad. I didn't say this. It was my guest. <laughs> so, I mean, that list gets longer and longer. And the problem is, is that while we should have non-negotiables, they should only be from heaven. Because I believe that God is calling missionaries into marriage. You know, he's calling us into marriage and family because I don't know if you've seen the statistics, but marriage is in real trouble. Yeah. It really is. Marriage is in trouble, but singles in trouble too. No, that's true. It's true. The world's in trouble. And part of the reason why singles are in trouble is because they're outside of the maturity plan called marriage and they're not maturing and they're not becoming the better versions of themselves. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, And, and, you know, and we don't, it's not the gift of singleness, okay? We're we're hiding behind (laughs) the theology of that. It's definitely um, self preservation. Yes. So, so if I'm getting where you're going, that list you're talking about Mm -hmm. is actually a way that I actually say I want to get married, but I protect myself with this wall. Absolutely. Which nobody, at, at some point, only Jesus Christ could be that person because there's so many there's so many things on the list. And that's what we tell our ladies. Hey, if you really want this, then we're going to ping you when Jesus gets back on your phone because <laughs> that's the only person that's going to fit this. And the other problem is, is that Proverbs tells us if you build a wall, you attract a thief. And so a lot of times the very thing that you don't want is going to be the only thing attracted to you when you have that wall up. Oof. And you're not going to know it because your blind spots and filters aren't going to see it. Wow. And so that happens over and over again. And we're there to smack you out of it. But we aren't just just for the sake of my audience. And yes. I, I, I know you by reputation. We're not saying you shouldn't have values or you should date a shark or you should date a porn addict. We're not talking about that. No, we're not. You're talking about you're talking about a wall that's built because you were afraid to actually re-engage. Absolutely. No, you have to have non-negotiables, but they yes. have to be from heaven. Exactly. They have to be from heaven. And I will tell you that if you go into the dating pool um, when you're bleeding out, when you have heart work to do yourself, then you are only going to attract sharks. Sharks are yeah. attracted to blood. Yeah. And so that's what's going to happen in that situation. And we yeah. see that happen constantly. Absolutely. Like, why am I attracting all the same people all the time? <laughs> well, you know, Proverbs tells us what you believe you become and what you become you attract. The law yeah. of attraction is real. Yeah. But it's just based on what's in your heart that you can't see. Yeah. But, you know, so fake it till you make it in dating does not happen. No. Fake confidence is not going to attract another confident person. Yep. Well, healed people attract healed people. And yep. of course, you're not going to be perfectly healed. You're going to have yellow flags, but you have to be working on them. And if you're working on them, you're self-aware, then that turns yellow green. And that's what happens. Yeah. You're teachable. If you surround yourself with accountability and community, you know that you have some areas where you really... You know, you need to have a glow up. Um, and that is what is going to make sure that those yellow flags turn green and not red. That's good. Yeah. You don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. It's true. And so if you want, yes. if your want and your, and who you are should be in congruent, right? They, they need to be incongruent. But the, the problem is a lot of people don't know they're incongruent. Yeah. They don't understand that. So and what's so, the book do for them? Does the book do anything for them in that so, area? The permission slip, the supernatural surrender, and then it goes into, like I said, a lot of the heart work. The first book is hidden in the pages of the second book. <laughs> With um, a different title. Yeah, like, it's hidden me, in there. Let me, let, me put, let me give it a different title so mm-hmm. people will actually see the vision and will go through the pain to get to the vision maybe. They will. A little bit. Oh, listen, if you promise someone something that they want at the end of that crucible, Absolutely. that refining yep. furnace, they yep. will go through it for sure. 
Um, and so, uh, so we help people to, in the second book, I talk about um, the heart work. I, I liken it to Song of Solomon too, and the little foxes that are spoiling the vineyard of our love story. If you read that, it's so beautiful. It says these little, vo- these little foxes have come to spoil the potential of the love story that I've already planted within you. I believe everyone's carrying a love story. I believe very few people are called to singleness. I believe that the maturity plan for mankind, for most people, is marriage and family. And a lot of people opt out of it because they simply will not trust God to mature them that way. They won't. Wow. And so um, so we help people to, to step into that. We help people to, you know, I'm not saying that marriage out there is not like the Hunger Games. A lot of people are not, they're, they're like not volunteering as tribute to go into that for sure. They're definitely not. Um, but, uh, but we, if you do it with a healthy, healed and whole heart, then, you know, the stretching process, the growth process of marriage, you know, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It is. And so, um, have you ever been to those crusades where they like make you take your shoes off and put them in the air? Like I will go to the nations who will go, who? Yeah. yeah. A long time ago when I was. Okay. Very young. I don't think you were born yet. Okay. Well, there was one just recently because <laughs> they still do it. Yes, of course. <laughs> and um, I was at that right before pandemic. I was in D.C. at one of those um, crusades, and I had my my shoes like halfway up, and I noticed that all of the marriageable age people had their shoes up, willing to go and run through the jungle with a tarantula hanging off their butt, but they did not want to stay home and get married and have family. <laughs> And so I had my shoes right a tarantula here. Tarantula on yeah. their butt. Yeah, like, you know. Don't like, visualize I'll go, that. I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere you send me, Lord, except for marriage and family. Yeah. And so I had my shoes halfway up, and I was like, God, everyone's going. Someone has to stay. Someone has to stay here. Someone has to have babies. Yeah, someone has to, you know, want to go. And I and I really appreciate that because when I first met Jesus, I was, you know, I was like, yes, let's go on the adventure. And he's like, okay, the adventure is marriage and family. I'm like, oh, that sounds really boring. That sounds terrible, you know? Uh, I wouldn't say anyone thinks marriage is boring. Well, at the time I was like, because you remember my, my history and my yes. background, I'm just like, oh, that doesn't sound like what I want to do. I want to go and I want to go do all these crazy things. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, I want you to call my sons and daughters, you know, into the mission field of marriage and family. And I do believe that God is softening the hearts of his sons and daughters. Here's some, here's, here's some statistics. In 1867, when the census came out, for those of them, for those people that are watching, maybe they're young, they don't know what that is. That's the questionnaire they send you about who you are, what age you are, if you're married, single. What's your status? Your status. What's your status? That's right. In 1867, when it came out, marriage has, is at all-time low since then. So in the 1950s, 80% of people were married. Okay, by 2020, that number dropped to 49%. That's of all people. But the statisticians, the researchers really care about the marriageable age people. And for everyone over 50, this doesn't mean you can't get married. In fact, we've seen more marriages over 50 than anything I've ever seen before. It's incredible. But that's 25 to 50 years old is the marriageable age, according to research. And that age group is declining rapidly. So that would be a little bit of Z, mostly millennial, and a little bit of Gen X. For our generation yes. right now, that yeah. 25 to 50 year old um, age group. So in 1970, only 9% of that population was unmarried. Only 9%. Okay, by 2018, by 2018, 35% is unmarried, but they're forecasting that in the next 39 years, by 2062, that number will be 70% of that age group will be unmarried. And they're putting their money where their mouth is. The biggest investment firms in the world are investing into products and organizations that 
that cater to single women and one person households. And so they believe it, but God. And I believe that that trend will continue, but God, it will. And the reason why is because nobody wants to be stretched. They don't want to, they've seen too much bad information. And we're taking a page from a playbook of culture. We're supposed to be counterculture. Okay, we're supposed to be kingdom people. And yet we defined romance and attraction by things that the world tells us to define it by. It's like, oh, well, I'm not attracted to him. Oh, well, good, because you haven't met him yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, I can't tell you how many people tell me, oh, well, you know, I just, I don't feel anything. Well, good, because you don't even know this person yet. But we think it has to be instant to be powerful. And it doesn't. Love is supposed Oof, to grow, right? There's a big one right yeah. there. Yeah. And so, and not attracted s- to him. Not huh? attracted. And her, and, and, and men are even What's worse What's that supposed that. to mean, right? Yes. I'm not I, attracted to him. What does that supposed to mean? Well, it means that you don't feel whatever you think you're supposed to feel in this moment. And the problem is, how are your attractions working out for you in the past? Like your attractions are rooted in something. And so how are they working out for you? Are, them rooted, are they even rooted in the right thing? Uh, no. Definitely not. I mean, for most people, a, a, definitely a not. Sexually, attraction doesn't make a necessarily a great marriage. No. Well, I mean, you know, if it's based on that, then you know it, that's going to be short lived. Eventually, exactly. there has to be other things, right? Yes. Um, the problem is, is that even sexual attractions are based on a lot of brokenness. Yeah. So even that type of chemistry is based on that, and so people, um, they just they show up in the space where they think that they know what it has to look like, what it has to feel like even though that hasn't worked out from them for them in the past at all. It hasn't worked out. It's like like the food that you're attracted to. How's that working out for you? You feeling good? You know, just because you like it doesn't mean it's good for you. And so hey, unpacking. Can we not talk about that? <laughs> unpacking. <laughs> As somebody who's uh, pretty much addicted to sugar. There you go. I might disagree on that. All right. Account. Well, you know, and pour a little sugar on it, and then you can eat it. Yeah, and and you know, and and just so you know, I'm kidding. I I'm Def with you. Leopard, I'm there. Yes. Pour, pour some sugar on it. Um, and you know what? That brings that brings me a really important point. I'm really glad that I wasn't raised in the church because it actually lets me see how weird Christian dating is. Not that not that you know non Christian dating. Accusational. Yeah, not not that non Christian dating is forgive is her good, Lord, forgive her okay, Lord. Okay, but it's just very. Odd, like, oh, I can't go to coffee with him. He's just definitely not my husband. Well, uh, how do we know? How do we know that? It's a discovery process. It doesn't have to be a romantic, you know, um, a romantic proposal to go, you know, on a low stakes discovery type situation with someone of the opposite sex. And so there's just so much weird cultural stuff within, you know, cultured Christianity as well as, you know, the broken stuff that's over here. I mean, they're both equally toxic, in my opinion. And so we've been able to unpack a lot of it. And so back to the, I'm not attracted to them. Men are actually worse about that than women. Oh, yeah. The male clients. Like you show them one, you know, you show them a picture and they're just like, no, I'm not interested. Well, how do you know you're not interested? Which is, this is not my type. Well, how's your type working out for you? <laughs> exactly. How is it working yeah. out for you? Yeah, she's, <laughs> or, or the she's one, I'll, I'll tell you the most common one for me. Okay. With, with our students with guys, right? I'm like, Hey, have you checked out Mary? Oh yeah. I couldn't date her. She's like my sister. I'm like, well, who are you going to (laughs) marry? Someone like your wicked stepmother. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, like she reminds me of my sister. Like when you're fatherless, everybody you relate to everybody is like a sister or a mother. Cause you've never seen a lover. Yeah, exactly. I say this to him every time. Like, well, 
Well, she's my best friend. I mean, who the frick are you going to marry? <laughs> your best friend. Your, your, your you enemy? Marry someone from the friend zone. You want to marry a best friend. Exactly. You know, attraction. But the thing is. is Wait a second. Right here. The, We're of, in agreement right we now. We are. Because of the movies and the music and everything that I'm people not. consume, you know, uh, rapidly. Because of that, um, they think it's supposed to feel different than it feels. Totally. You think that it's supposed to be instant, it's supposed to be visceral. In fact, I will make this statement. If it is visceral at first sight, it probably is rooted in something toxic. Oof. You know, if you're, if you sitting across from them and you're sweating and you're like, oh, you know, all you can think of is what you physically want to do to this person. It probably is toxic. Probably. It's probably a toxic situation um, waiting to happen to you. And so um, people just don't understand uh, what it's, you know, what God's plan is in this area. And we help them. We help them unpack that stuff so that they can see, like, I have a student right now who just got married. Um, She wasn't attracted to him when she first met him. She was going to cut and run a month into the relationship. And I said, hey, it's a yes until it's a no. You like so many things about this guy. He's got so many checked boxes of what, you know, compatibility and things you enjoy together. I said, why not go on a few more dates with him? Guess what? They're happily married and a baby on the way. She's madly in love with him because she had things to get past. This specific student had never been married and she had never been on a date in her life. And so she didn't have anything to compare it to except for the fantasy in her mind of what it was supposed to be like based on movies and culture and culture and so many different things. Yeah. Where we're getting our values now. Yeah. Okay. The book is called (laughs) married in 12 months or less. Right. Jackie Dorman. Right. And the program is called last year single. Last year single. And they, how do they get on? Oh, Jackie Durant.com. Dorman. Dorman Dorman.com. Yeah. That's D O R M A N. Correct. .com. And you have a book and you have a, Man, you got a bunch of stuff, <laughs> and you're uh, you're a coach too, right? Yes. They can like. Yep. Wow. Yep. I'm relationship relationship coach, dating coach, matchmaker. Um, you know, a handful of our love stories have been matched personally by me. I would love to do more of that, but we're so busy with what we do as far as programs. Oh yes, may trust I suggest me, on my, my daughters on my radar? Yes, may I suggest sure. my daughters. Yes, and I will tell you once I meet people face to face because my process in matchmaking is it's very supernatural. It's not based on algorithms or resumes. It's based on I see someone and God just shows me the other person's face. It's very supernatural Oof. process, Oof. you know, and so. Supernatural yes. marriage. You have another book coming out? I do. Because I can feel it. Yes, I do. You want, you want to say anything about it yet? Actually. Um, it's a secret? Sh- sure. I mean, I have, I so I have two books that I'm working on. One of them is um, on all the dating advice that we do in our Ooh, programs. That's what I was hoping you were going to yes. say. So that's really the one. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll pray into that. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having uh, God me. God bless you. If you're single, uh, just really get this book. I, I am serious. I, I joke a lot, but I, I really have a heart to see men and women get married and have a healthy marriage. I really I really believe so much in marriage. I believe that was God's plan really for the earth. And, uh, and Jackie Dorman, thank you so much for being on. Amazing guest. We could have gone at least another hour. Yes. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.